Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. <laughs> I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview you today. I'm on the line with my good friend Chris Ducker from ChrisDucker.com who has been working the virtual way so much that it's become his expertise. He's mastered the art of managing outsourced people so that he can live the life he's always wanted. More stress-free and more time to spend with his wife and kids. With that, he's been named as the virtual business guru, outsourcing evangelist, the king of kings of outsourcing. I love that one, man. (laughs) And probably a whole lot more. He's gone a long way in his business. He has a passion to achieve his goal of becoming the virtual CEO. And that is probably what has brought him to where he is right now. So today we're going to be talking about outsourcing and how you as a blogger can do it the right way. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Chris, man, how you doing today? I'm good, man. That was quite an intro. I'm very, very impressed. Right out of the gate, I'm. I think I'm going to retire from podcasting. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I can't beat that. No, can't you can't do, do that. that. You can't retire. We got to keep this thing going, man. This thing is too much fun. <laughs> I hear you, my man. I hear you, uh, man. So we've met in um, in Las Vegas at New Media Expo. We were friends online from before that, but we kind of connected at, in Vegas, and you know, kind of hit it off almost immediately. Not almost immediately, but immediately. And to come full uh, uh, full circle and be able to do this podcast and this interview is just a privilege. So thank you for joining me on here, man. No, it's all my pleasure. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, I, I have some research here on you, and I'm a bit confused, so you're going to have to, you know, help me out here <laughs> because it just seems like, okay, so I'm listening to you right now, and you sound obviously like you're from the UK. Um, and I then, am, and then yes. I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing things about Hong Kong. I'm seeing stuff about the Philippines, and you're living in. You know, c- you know, cl- clarify everything for me <laughs> in terms of this living all over the world. You know, what what is that history like? Uh, it's full of fantastic memories and 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 experiences that will you know be talked about and enjoyed and remembered for a long, long time. Um, you know, you mentioned Hong Kong there. I, I worked in and out of Hong Kong for about four years or so in the mid to late 90s. Uh, I was involved uh, to a certain degree with the film industry over there. And uh, man, those those three, four, five years or so in the mid 90s, they're probably some of my most fondest uh, memories and, and experiences came out of uh, my trips between London and Hong Kong. I just I look back on that era with a lot of very fond memories. It's funny you dig it up. Not many people do. <laughs> so they just go from London to the Philippines. Not, you know not, what I mean? I'm, I'm even more confused, uh, not confused, but um, interested now in the film industry. What Were you like the Hong Kong movie star or something of that sort? What were you doing? No, no, I'm nowhere near as talented. <laughs> 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 Close to that. No, 
so back in the UK, I was I was in the publishing business for a long time, working for one of the large publishers in in uh, London called Hemmings, uh, which was um, you know they did everything from you know monthly magazines through to the British Medical Journal uh-huh. and all that sort of stuff, and. Um, as a sideline, uh, as as a sort of a first entrepreneurial type, um, you know, push, I started publishing my own magazine on a Hong Kong film oh. because I was a big uh, uh, kung fu and, and and Hong Kong movie fan, oh. and so I thought, well, there's nothing else like it in the UK. I'm going to go for it and see what I can do. And we really developed within a four year period. We developed a great following. We we did a feature length documentary that I. Uh, filmed entirely on location in in Hong Kong, interviewed a tons of stars, hung out with, you know, guys like Jackie Chan and Jet Li and all those, you know, super cool guys from back in that era before they were these huge names in the US. You can't get near them now. (laughs) But, you know, before I think I I think literally the first time I met Jackie was just as he did Rumble in the Bronx, which was his big breakthrough Uh film, uh I think in 94. 94, 95, and then with Jet, he did Romeo Must Die um, with um, uh, Alea, uh, and uh, he, he, I was actually kind of like his UK rep for a while, and if you wanted, you know, interviews set up, and, and, and if you wanted to sort of, you know, get to him as a fan, you'd have to go through me, so that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. you see, I knew interesting things would come out of this. I had absolutely <laughs> no idea. So let me ask you this. You look right. at all those experiences back there, and you have the challenge right now of coming right. up with one sentence as to what you got from, there, from that time in your life that you are applying today in your business. What would that be? Um, I know I just spring that mm, on you right there. You did. Right? <laughs> I w- I would say I'd say be humble mm. because uh, you know the Chinese are quite conservative. They're very kind of traditionally rooted, um, and uh, you know th- there was a lot of instances where you know if that humbleness wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have got to hang out with the directors and the actresses and the movie stars and the producers. And I actually sat, and I can't remember the guy's name now, and that's terrible, but it was many years ago. I actually sat in an editing suite with the guy that helped Bruce Lee edit The Way of the Dragon oh, in wow. like 71 or whatever it was, 71, 72. So the Very guy was like, cool. you know, he must have been probably 60 or something at the time. Um, and obviously he couldn't speak a word of English. So we had an uh, interpreter. My Cantonese was, you know, pigeon at the best of times. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that just be humble. Be humble because I think if you get, you know, you, you can get a bit of an ego. That's cool. I, I mean, I think we've all got a little bit of an ego. Mm-hmm. Anybody that does anything that kind of puts themselves out there a little bit. We've all got a little bit of an ego, but just keep it in check and, you know, understand that regardless of how fantastic you think you are, there are way more fantastic people out there than you. (laughs) It really is the case. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good tip. All right. Sweet. Philippines, fill me in. Right. What do you want to know? (laughs) I want to know, how did you end up in the Philippines? I mean, UK, now Hong Kong, Philippines. How did you get there? Well, I, I went to the Philippines for the first time when I was actually working in and out of Hong Kong. So uh, it was on the way back from Hong Kong to London. I stopped over in Manila for, uh, I think, four nights it was, and we just hung out with a buddy over there. And I just really liked it. I thought it was just a great place, a great city, uh, Makati, uh, which is the capital of Manila, Manila being the capital of uh, you know the country. And um, 
an opportunity presented itself where I was going to come over to the Philippines and work with one of the banks over here and train their telemarketing staff. And that's basically how I got over here initially. Um, I've, I've been involved in the sales and marketing, particularly the telemarketing side of the, of, of the, the, you know, the sales world uh, for pretty much my entire career. And so, um, yeah, I came over and I, I did a couple of jobs in, in, in that sort of particular uh, industry for a couple of the different banks and um, then started going out and, and setting up call centers for other uh, companies that wanted a presence here as a, as a consultant and um, did some additional consulting work and things like that as well for companies over in the United States. And then um, I got tired of working for other people, uh, decided that it was time to break free, start making myself some real money. And that's when I set up the Lift to Sell group, which was in, uh, what, 2004, uh, let me get this right, 2006, and then really exploding it properly in 2008. Oh, wow. So, okay. So, that's been going for a while. What is the Lift to Sell group all about? It's a call center. You know, it's it's an outsourced call center. We do lead generation and, and you know, mostly uh, outbound calling, lead gen, appointment setting, database cleansing. But we also do a certain amount of customer service and stuff like that as well. And And it was out of that business and the combination of us kind of really building our, our online presence quite quickly out of the gate with that in 2008 because we were a local firm for a while and then we decided to go international um, and so you know if you want to go international you can't rely on the local market yeah. you, you've you got to pitch yourself out hard you know to everybody else out there and that's when the internet came into play obviously and uh, yeah you know by the end of the second year of us being up and running you know really properly or actually the end of the first year going into the beginning of um 2009 uh and 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 you know further into the year we started getting all these emails from people and they and they was you know were saying things like you know i want to get a virtual assistant like in the four-hour work week and i'm like what the hell is this four-hour work week thing you know and um and at first you know we we weren't involved in the va game i'd actually worked with vas uh -huh. on and off uh -huh. for a number of years um but you know, I, I we weren't we we didn't provide virtual assistants or anything back in two thousand eight two thousand nine, and then you know I think it was um, very early on in two thousand ten. Uh, you know, the light bulb went off, and I got I hit myself around the head with a hammer and said, "Hold on, Chris, wait a minute, you're you're just answering these emails and saying we don't do that. Go to Elance or go to Odesk or whatever. Um, there must be a way to make money here. Mm -hmm. You know, that entrepreneurial mindset kicks in." Um, and I sat down and spoke with a load of people that were in the, you know, in the, uh, you know, sort of the market, so to speak, for VAs. And that's where Virtual Starfinder was born because, you know, we, we were solving a problem. We were, you know, there was an issue between finding really good quality um, full-time people here in the Philippines that weren't freelancing on the side and things like that, like a real team member. Uh -huh. um, and that's exactly what we decided to do. We started Virtual Starfinder. We've just uh, celebrated our third birthday. Uh, and uh, we've helped now, I believe, about 1,400 VAs here in the Philippines get hired with people overseas. So uh, it's a noble cause at the same time. That, that is awesome. So Virtual Staff Finder, basically someone can come to Virtual Staff Finder and they can um, tell you what they're looking for and you go out and do the work of finding a VA for them, right? 
Exactly. It's a matchmaking service is what it is. Matchmaking service. All right. Without so, the romance. Without the <laughs> romance. Well, you know, anyhow. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, obviously, you've you've gotten into this outsourcing thing pretty um, heavily. Um, I, I see that you wrote uh, a few books on it. Uh, the Definitive Guide to Outsourcing to the Philippines, Business Growth and Outsourcing Lifestyle, Saving the Day, The Virtual Way. Oh, I like that. Saving the day, the virtual way. That has a nice ring like to it. That? Oh, I'll, yeah. Nice. You, have you seen the cover of the book? I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm just oh, looking dude. at my notes here. You've got to see the cover of the book. Well, oh, if I got to see it, then everybody that's listening has to see it too. So I'll put that cover of the book in the show notes. So anyone that's interested, this is going to be episode 132. Becomeablogger.com slash episode 132. And you'll be able to see how awesome the cover of that book is. It was a really cool idea. I had no idea. I just gave it to one of my VAs and said, here, put a cool cover together for that. And he came up with that idea. And I was like, oh, my God, this is genius. <laughs> so you've, you've got to check it out. We'll leave it there. That is, oh, I love it. I, I had to do a Google search really quick. I just love it. <laughs> I'm not even going to give it away. I'm not going to give Don't. it away. I'm just going to say, you know, you got to check it out. <laughs> Becomeablogger.com, yeah. episode 132, and you got to see it. That is That is pretty awesome. Okay, sweet. Let's move on then. So. Obvious. Oh, and you're working on one right now. Tell us about this yeah, book that you're, you're, you're working on right now. Yeah, this is actually – so all those other books of ebooks, mm -hmm. all right? Um, and, I mean, they're, they're all for free. You can get them on my site for free. But um, the, I, just literally recently I finished the, the full manuscript for my first traditionally published book. Um, I got a book offer thrown at me uh, at the end of last year and um, – to cut a long story short, I signed it. Uh, it's been a dream of mine to write a traditional book, you know, traditionally published book for many, many, many years. Uh, and I don't think I've really been um, as, you know, kind of experienced and as forthright in the industry up until this point really to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that write books on subjects that they claim to be real experts of, but you can see that they're just literally skating around the edges of the rink. They're not going to go in and start trying to do any of those, you know, sexy turns and things like that. So um, I do the sexy turns uh, and flips um, <laughs> and, and, and somersaults and all the rest of it with this book. But yeah, it's called Virtual Freedom and uh, it really is everything. I mean, I haven't held back at all. Um, everything from how to find, how to hire, how to train, how to manage, how to motivate, how to build a proper virtual team of people, different roles. You're supposed to hire for the role, not just for the task. Um, you know, the difference between, you know, project-based outsourcing and team-building outsourcing, the whole kit and caboodle, man. I, I was actually contracted to do 45,000 words, but I ended up giving a manuscript of uh, – almost 40% uh, more than that. So oh, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a big chunk of a book. What I like about what I've heard about it so far in terms of what you said is in there um, is, you know, a lot of people, myself included, read the four-hour work week and thought to themselves, yo, this is what I want to do. Uh, and it has a good section in there on outsourcing. But since then, there really has not been anything that really dives um, into outsourcing in those steps. And I think this right. is going to be a great way of doing it. And what is awesome is that you're on this interview right now and you're going to start to break down some of those things right now so that people that are listening, they can actually leave here and, you know, get an outsourcer, start working with a VA um, to have some productivity. So I kind of want to shift gears and I want to go into some of the how to. 
Let's do it. No, let's do it. Forget the Hong Kong movie stuff. <laughs> this is this is way more fun. Let's there do it. There you go. All right, sweet. So let's start at the beginning. I am a blogger. So the person that's listening to this is most likely a blogger. Um, maybe just getting started. Maybe they have some experience and they are making some money, but they know that they need to be more efficient. They need to find an outsourcer and get that outsourcer to help them to, to multiply their efforts. How do I find an outsourcer? Okay, so the first thing you've got to understand, and this is one of the biggest mistakes that people make right out of the gate, is that there are two very different types of outsourcing, okay? The first one is, is outsourcing on a task-by-task task or a project-by-project project basis. So it happens, it finishes, and that's that. The other one is where you're really talking about building a team of people. And that's what I call team building outsourcing. So let's look at the first one real quick, okay? The first one is where you need a logo designed or a landing page developed or some transcription work done or, you know, a podcast or, or blogging, uh, you know, branding put together for Facebook pages and Google Plus pages, YouTube channels, that sort of type of thing. Once you've done that, you've done it. It's, it's a one-time job. So you're better off hiring those types of people on a project-by-project basis rather than hiring them full-time and then thinking to yourself, oh, my God, i got to find more work. I've got to find more work, you know, that sort of type of thing, right? Uh-huh. So, so that's, that's the first thing is, you know, that's the first kind of, uh, you know, outsourcing model that's out there. And you can go to places like Elance and Odesk and Freelancer and all those other sites out there that help you do just that. You know, they will put you in, con- in, in connection with uh, these freelancers and these VAs all around the world, not just in the Philippines. And, um, you know, you'll be able to get that work done at a decent price relatively quickly. Now, the second type of outsourcing is the one that I'm more excited about. It's the one that turns me on more. And that is because it's about building teams. It's about hiring for the role, not for the task. Okay. And that's another mistake that a lot of people make. They, they think they can hire one person for one task and then get them doing lots of other tasks. And that what that ends up doing is turning into what I call a super VA. Uh, and the super VA, honestly speaking, does not exist. You might be able to find the odd VA, <clears throat> excuse me, here and there, that can handle, you know, maybe a little bit of graphic design work if they're a web developer, or maybe they can do a little bit of video editing if they're a graphic designer or something like that, right? But ultimately, you got to hire for the role, not for the task. And if you're not ready to hire for a role full time, that's cool. You just go back to the project by project basis. You know, it, it's it's not rocket science. You just, it, you know, if there's enough work on the table to hire somebody either part time, which is basically 20 hours a week, or full time, 40 hours a week, then you hire for the team building, uh, you know, aspect in mind, which is exactly what you have done with your two VAs, right? Yeah, definitely. I have t- I have two actually that are working 20 hours a week. Um, and one is more of a general VA that does some of my administrative duties, and then the other one is a technical um, assistant that deals with all the tech stuff so that I don't have to do it. Right, exactly. So you figured out exactly what roles you needed to fill. You understood the fact that you know you can't get one person to do both of those roles, so you hire two people on a part-time basis, filling that void in, in both angles, and that's exactly the right mindset um, 
to follow. So that's really how, you know, that, that in terms of a blogging standpoint, you've got to look at some of the things that, you know, you could end up outsourcing, you know, from a blogging perspective. And there's a lot of things in mind. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's about understanding that first step of do I need to hire somebody full time or even part time? Or can I just get this one person to this one job for me? Mm-hmm. Now that that selecting that person for that role, that's not an easy process. Um, no. and, and when I, when I think about the process that I went through in order, in order to find the people that I have right now, it was extremely extensive. What are some of the steps that you recommend for someone to take? Well, the first thing you've got to try and figure out is what you're going to outsource. Okay. <laughs> that, you know, you can't start thinking about the types of people you need unless you know the types of tasks that they're going to be handling for you. So, um, the easiest way to, to, to get over this is doing an exercise that I've done now, oh God, I don't know, hundreds of times through podcasts and, and blog posts and also live on stage as well when I present. But ultimately, it's called my three list to freedom okay. exercise. And what you do is you get a piece of paper or a whiteboard or an iPad or whatever it is you're using to make your notes. And you just draw two lines down it, creating three columns, all right? Mm-hmm. And on the first column, you create a list of all the things that you just don't like doing. This is the stuff that you procrastinate forever about. You leave it right to the last moment, and then you rush it because you just, you know, it doesn't turn you on. It doesn't get you going at all. So that's the first column. The second column is a list of all the things that you can't do. Now, us entrepreneurs and bloggers do come under the realm of entrepreneurs as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. Us entrepreneurs are a very strange breed, <laughs> all right? We, we believe that, you know, ultimately we're the masters of our own universe. There's uh-huh. no kryptonite out there, right? Uh-huh. We can do everything. We can do everything. Um, you know, and the word recharge only actually applies to our cell phone. It doesn't apply <laughs> to to us. It doesn't apply to anything to do with our business, just about the phone. But but really what it comes down to, that second column is a list of all the things you can't do. So you've got to soul search a little bit. Say to yourself, am I a coder? No, I'm not. Then why the hell am I trying to recode this landing page? Get someone else to do it. You know, am I a graphic designer? No, I'm not. Then why am I messing around with this logo for my new PowerPoint presentation? I'll get someone else to do it. So that's that second list. There's a list of all the things that you can't do. Someone else, believe me, someone else out there can do it way better for you. And once you start weighing up the cost of your time compared to what you would end up paying them, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned, nine times out of Uh ten. So that's your second column. And the third and the final column is by far the single most important list of the three lists that you'll create here. And that is because it's a list of all the things that you feel as the boss, as your business owner, that you shouldn't be actually doing. Now, this is a a real important one because it genuinely gets, gets you to engage your head with your heart. And you're not just focusing on pure gut here. You know that there are certain tasks that you can do that you like doing that you can do well, but should you be doing them? Should you be doing them as a business owner? If the answer to that question is no, then that's where these types of tasks go in this particular list. So they're your three lists of freedom. You put them together, you look at them, and they ultimately become your blueprint or your roadmap for the beginning of your outsourcing journey. All right, so you make those three lists. Listen up, and you know, I just realized like halfway through what you were saying that I wasn't taking notes, and that's just not right. So the first list was what? The task what? The first list is a list of all the things you don't like doing. You don't like doing. The second is the task that you can't do. 
even if you wanted Correct. to do it. And then the third is a task that you shouldn't do as an entrepreneur. Okay, so I, I have that list. And what do I do next? What do I do with this list? We got to start grouping them. You got to start grouping those tasks together into individual roles. Okay, so there's four or five main roles in the VA world. The first one is a general VA or a GVA, and that type of person is going to be handling, you know, things like uh, your email filtering. They'll handle your calendar. Uh, they'll uh, schedule appointments. Maybe your VA might help hook up uh, your podcast schedule and things like that. They might handle travel for you. Maybe they'll keep your, you know, your Dropbox up to date and it organized. They'll create some spreadsheets for you. By the way, the GVA role, without about the single most important one ever. Like every entrepreneur on the planet should have a general VA. Everybody. There's, there's no exception as well. Even Richard Branson needs one. And, and Sir, Sir Dick, if you're listening in, you need to call me because I'll hook you up. <laughs> right. So, because I know he listens to podcasts and uh -huh. you never know. Learning with Leslie. You just why never would he, know. Why would he not want to learn with Leslie? Why I, not? I don't see why learn. not. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> this general VA, do you recommend then if I am just getting started, this is the first place I should look in terms of getting a yeah. virtual assistant? Yeah, without a doubt, okay. because there are so many tasks, you know, time is our most valuable commodity as an entrepreneur. And there are so many tasks that we need to do on a day to day basis in today's marketplace that suck our time dry. Social yeah. media is a perfect example. You got to be in it to win it. I don't like Facebook. I'm very vocal about it. I think it's a noisy horrible place but the fact of the matter is if, if the fact of the matter is if i want to build community if i want to get you know the leads that come from from facebook and all the man there's a billion people on that sucker i'd be mad from a business standpoint to not be active on it right so you know th there are certain things that you know that general va can do for you. how about this how about checking your voicemails on your skype you know your skype account transcribing those voicemails and sending them to you as you sleep through the night so that uh you know when you wake up in the morning you don't have to you know log into skype and listen to all these messages you can scan them real quick via an email these are little things that they do for you they are they are an utter godsend and the list honestly goes on and on and on scheduling your tweets putting together your facebook status updates for you um you know updating your pinterest boards uh, promoting your facebook pages commenting on blogs for you i mean the, the list honestly goes on and on and on gva is where it's all that's where it's all about okay right there. and that's actually the first va that i hired um and my, my va right now has been with me uh man over two years now and oh She's been a godsend. Uh, so talk about talk about the top three or four tasks that that person does for you on a day-to-day -day basis. Day-to-day -day basis. E email, that's huge. Um, transcribing my podcast episodes, that's another thing that she does on a, mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Um, she also, man, she does everything. The biggest thing is email, <laughs> managing my, my Facebook account uh, for my biology blog. She does a lot with that. Um, and the list, almost everything you said here, actually, except for this whole checking voicemails thing, um, ev almost everything else, no scheduling tweets and pins, but Facebook, yes, she does. Right. And I mean, you'd have a serious amount of work on your hands to deal with day to day without her being around. No, I, right? I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I can't do it. I tried it before and, and it didn't work. Right. So there you go. Okay, All so right. that's so your GVA. Your GVA is without a doubt, you know, it's kind of like the uh, 
you know, it's, it's, it's the silver bullet to the American world from London. You know what I mean? You, it, it's what it's all about. So the second one is a web developer. Now, you know, a lot of people might not need this person on a day-to-day basis. So that's cool. If, if you need them, say, two, two or three days a week, then just hire them part-time. If you need them just every three months, then you hire them on a recurring project basis, okay. all right? But that's the other type of VA is your web developer. So they'll do things like, you know, keep all of your, uh, you know, your WordPress plugins up to date. They'll do backups of your site regularly. They'll make sure that everything is looking okay on the back end of your cPanel. They're going to help you out with setting up email accounts. And yes, a general VA might be able to do some of this stuff as well, but I like to really separate my roles. That's really what I'm all about. They'll build landing pages for you. They'll, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? So that's your web developer. The next one is an SEO, and I've started to use the slash here, SEO slash web marketer, because SEO has changed a lot the last couple of years, as we know, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And, uh, you know, we got to be careful that we don't delve into, you know, any kind of black hat, you know, SEO tactics and things like that nowadays. So really having a, a web marketing VA at your arsenal is amazing. I mean, it's all about content, content marketing. But honestly speaking, I don't believe that I should be promoting my content. That's not a good use of my time. I'll create it. I love creating my content. (laughs) But I'm not going to be sitting on Facebook and Twitter and wasting my time you know, tweeting links out to it and things like that and all that sort of stuff. No, 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 no. My time's way more important than that. So okay. I can get my general VA to handle that stuff and I can get my web marketer to handle that stuff as well more specifically. So a lot of, a lot of that kind of uh, the more SEO type stuff, you know, internal link building on your site, um, you know, all that sort of stuff that, that might have been a little bit more hardcore a couple of years ago, now is starting to delve more towards social. Um, and uh, that person now will also handle all of my uh, my my email uh, newsletter marketing and stuff like that as well. So that's that one. Then you've got a content writer. So if you're doing a lot of niche site stuff, or if you're just doing a lot of content for your for your business blog or whatever, you know they can help create that content for you. They're also a dab hand because they're writers. They're a dab hand at transcription, um, blog commenting, keyword research, stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, you come, you know, you come into the into the, the the new kid on the block sort of type thing, and that's your video editor, your audio editor, your mobile app developer, that sort of type of thing. There are two or three other roles that are really starting to uh, to shake the virtual world uh, slowly but surely the last eighteen months or so. Okay, awesome. So those are the different types of VA. We have general VA, web developer, SEO slash web marketer, content writer, and video, audio editor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so let's say I've decided I needed a general I need a general VA. So I'm going to go ahead and hire a general VA, and maybe she's working for me 20 hours a week. Maybe it's just 10, I, whatever I decide to go with. Um, what? How do you go about making sure that that person is doing what you want them to do and it's really helping your business. And so in other words, do you provide them with training? Do you provide them um, with, how, how do you do your instructions? How do you do all of that? What, how, what's your take on that? I, I love these questions because you're, you're asking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the stuff I, I like because you're asking for your audience. Oh, and definitely. But, I, I, but I'm but I'm giggling a little bit on the inside. That's all because <laughs> you're 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 great at all this stuff yourself. So okay, so how do you? Okay, first and foremost, how do you train them? Straight out of the gate, I want to say no VA is going to come to you fully trained. 
in exactly the way that you want them to perform for you. They might know how to do this task and that task. They might know how to put this report together and that report together. But ultimately, every entrepreneur on the planet is very, very different in the way that we want things done. So out of the gate, you've got to spend some quality time with them, showing them exactly how you like things done. For me, that means video. That means screen capture. So you can use something like Jing to capture these short five-minute video clips, which are great because... You know, you can show them how you want your uh, your YouTube channel updated or how you want your blog post laid out in the, you know, the WordPress dashboard or something along those lines. And you show them real quick in a five-minute video. They have the ability to replay that video four or five times if they have to to get your instructions properly. But you know what else you're doing? With every video you create, you're creating and you're adding to an encyclopedia of internal training just the way you want it done video by video by video, which means that if you continue to grow your virtual team, you don't need to go through all that training again. You can just palm them off to one of those videos in that Dropbox folder. And it works really, really well. So video is what it's all about when it comes to training. If not, you know, obviously a combination of written and audio is absolutely fine as well. But I have found without a doubt, video is, um, you know, the best way to be able to train VAs uh, because it, it genuinely you can get your point across, but you can do it in a visual format. They can follow, they can see what you want and how you want it done. And it just cuts out a lot of mistakes straight out of the gate. So, okay. So uh, let me, ask, let me ask this question about that specifically, because I've done both video and also written um, with some, with, with new media, with the stuff that we're doing online, things are changing so quickly. How do you keep that updated? If you have a if you have an article that's written in Evernote or in Dropbox or whatever the case may be, you can easily go in there and tweak a few things if certain things change. What mm -hmm. do you do when you're focusing more on video for training? You got to reshoot. There's no doubt about it. Okay. I mean, you know, if 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 you do a video on how you want your email newsletter put together in Aweber, and then Aweber twelve months later decides to change the database, uh, rather the dashboard, um, you got to reshoot. There's no, you know, there's no two ways around it. So yeah, there's pros and cons, but honestly, from what I've seen across the board, video is the best way to train your VA. Okay, sweet. Now, okay, so that's for like a general VA and and many of the other things. But if you're hiring someone that is doing something that you absolutely can't do, how do you do that? It's a tough one. Um, and I think it comes down to communication above and beyond everything else. Because okay. ultimately, if you're not a coder and you've hired a web developer to code a landing page for you, you you know, you look at, I mean, I don't know whether you're, you're any good with PHP or whatever, but I no. look at a page of... Yeah, I, I look at a page of code and I start vomiting. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, this is not, I don't want to, take me to a happy place. Take me to a happy place. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't know what the hell all that means, but I know what I want. I know what I, I want the, the final uh -huh. outcome to be, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about communication. I found that particularly when you're working in a time-sensitive environment where maybe you're working on one particular project or one particular, uh, you know, uh, tasks that you need done in a, in a short space of time. Just being available for the VA is sometimes enough for them to be able to fire you a quick question via Skype or, or email or something um, and just sort of, you know, give that initial feedback. Also as well, you know, we are visual creatures, right? So if you don't want to shoot a video, but you want to show a rough layout of how you want, for instance, a landing page or a home page on a blog to look like, draw it out. Take a photo with your phone and upload it to Dropbox. At least I've got some kind of idea. Rather than just saying, 
you know, pointed at another website and saying, I want that. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to copy it, <laughs> you know, line by line by line of code. And then, you know, you could have either copyright issues or it's not going to look the way you want it to look ultimately and all that sort of stuff. So I think communication is key. Um, and, you know, even though they're going to know that you don't really know what they're doing, as long as the communication is there and you're a nice person to work for, um, I think you find that, you know, the chances of yourself getting screwed over in some capacity are going to be pretty slim. Because particularly here in the Philippines, you know, pe people here, they, they genuinely love to work with people overseas. They, they need it. You know, they need the job. They need the work. And so if you're a nice person to work for and the communication lines are wide open, uh, you'll be just fine. Okay, so I, and you are very much into outsourcing specifically in the Philippines. I am also. Why Philippines? Well, I mean, I, you know what? I, my, my view has changed over the last couple of years. And I think it's because, A, I was drafting the book even without the deal that I got for Virtual Freedom. And I, I, I wanted to make sure that the book was a very unbiased read in regards to where you should be building a virtual team. Obviously, I mentioned the Philippines. That's a given. I've lived here for 13 years. But I, I, I believe that the best place to find people is where you're going to find the right people for the job. Mm. That's really my, my mind shift has shifted. Uh, my mindset, rather, has shifted quite a bit the last 18 to 24 months or so. I have VAs in the U.S. Oh, I have nice. VAs in the okay. U.K. Um, I haven't. Uh, worked with anybody in Australia yet? It's not because I don't like Aussies; uh, they're very nice people. But I just I haven't come across anybody that could handle something for me. But the Philippines in general is a, there's two or three major things that it's got going for it. First and foremost, the financial side of it. You will pay a Filipino GVA about a third of what you will pay somebody in the United States to do the same role, maybe even a quarter depending on, on experience levels and things like that. And they will get the job done just as well, sometimes better as well, based on my experience. The second thing is, and we're talking about communication a minute ago, here in the Philippines, you know, the Philippines, I think, is like the third or the fourth largest English-speaking country in the world. So literally the entire education system is in English. Everything. Hmm. They actually have class at high school to teach Filipino dialects because they do all the other classes in English. And not a lot of people know this. So, uh, you know, every, everything, everything is in English here. Everything is in English. My son, who's five years old, born and raised here in the Philippines, can hardly speak a word of, of Filipino because all of his kindergarten, his preschool stuff has been in English. Now he's actually at, believe it or not, a Filipino class once a week to sort of try and pick up, you know, individual phrases here and there. Mm. So the English communication levels of Filipinos is huge compared to some other countries where English could be, you know, kind of construed as a second language, right? So that's the other thing. And thirdly, very God-fearing, hard-working people. Mm. Um, I, have, I have yet to come across a Filipino that is not hard-working and very loyal to an employer who genuinely pays them properly and looks after them well. Um, obviously, you're going to – you know, and I hear all these horror stories and, and, and stuff, but if you're going to treat your virtual assistant in the Philippines like crap, yes, they are going to quit. <laughs> yeah, of course they're going to quit. Yeah. But if you if you you know if you treat 
an employee in America like crap. They, they you know, they can quit on you there as well. Yeah. There's no difference. So really, just paying them what you feel is fair and worth. Uh, you know, and, and what they're worth rather is very important. And I hate it when I see these so-called gurus on the internet, which will remain nameless. Um, but you know who you are if you listen to this. You cannot find a Filipino virtual assistant that is going to bring any value to your business for a buck fifty an hour. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, stop putting that on the internet. It can't happen. You're not going to find a Filipino VA. They're going to handle your social media, build your websites. Um, you know, create your SEO strategy and implement it. Do all your video editing. You know, tie your shoelaces, make your coffee, and pick up your dry cleaning. It's not going to happen. That's a super VA. They don't exist. Stop telling people you can get this stuff. I hate that. So, you know, just paying people what they're genuinely worth, being a good guy. Um, and believe me, Filipinos will work with you for a long, long time. I have about 280 Filipino employees throughout the course of my three companies wow. um, here. Uh, and I can tell you right now, hand on my heart, I would not be where I am today. I would not have enjoyed the level of success that I have if it had not have been for my Filipino employees. Plain and simple. Okay, so there's so much we could get into and we're kind of running out of time. So I want to end on this. You know, What kind of tools do you use for, or what types of tools should the average, let's say, blogger that's getting into virtual assistants and all that stuff for managing um, the virtual assistants and communicating and those types of things? What are your top tools that you recommend? Yeah, I mean, a, a, good, a good way to start out is, you know, by keeping things very simple at the beginning. So things like Skype and Dropbox are very, very important. Obviously, Dropbox from a file sharing standpoint, um, you know, they're just, it's just super easy, right? It's very easy to get set up and just very quick uh, and reliable. Um, you know, try and keep everything as online as you possibly can, meaning in the cloud, okay? Uh, so, you know, things like G, uh, you know, the Google Calendar, the GCal, using Gmail if you want them to filter through your Gmail and things like that. Um, but Dropbox is great. Skype for communication is huge because you can just type in that very quick uh, you know, one line message that you might want answered, um, you know, but there's a lot more, uh, you know, you could, you could start getting a little bit sexy uh, and bringing it up just a, a notch or two, start talking about project management systems. Um, and, you know, project management system will really allow you to manage and work with your VA oh, yeah, within yeah. that web-based portal, right? So that, that actually is a good thing because it will cut down on email. And every entrepreneur on the planet wants to have less email. There's no doubt about that. So it also enables things to be discussed in a general environment. So if you've got one particular project that you're working on, everybody can stay super focused and productive on that. So a couple of really good ones that are out there. Basecamp is very, very strong. Asana which is brilliant. That's A-S-A-N-A.com. Mm -hmm. I use that with all of my employees and it's 100% free. I love it. Huddle.com is another really good one as well. And there's, there's four or five more out there that you can potentially use. But a project management system is kind of really taking it up a notch. Uh, two, three months in, boom, let's take it up. Let's get a little bit more, uh, you know, focused and a little bit more streamlined. And then, you know, things like the training tools and stuff, you know, we talked about Jing, um, you know, uh, you can even send them across to a website like Mind Tools, which can, you know, kind of help them upgrade their own personal skills in terms of the professional side of things and stuff like that as well. Udemy is another really good source for training material. Um, and there's just so, man, there's, there's so many different things out there. You know, Evernote, last pass um you know trello there's a whole lot of different stuff that's out there there's some really really good tools that make life so much easier 
Man, thank you so much. That a lot of those tools are tools that I use. I use Basecamp and I use Evernote and Dropbox, um, LastPass. Uh, yeah, a number of them. So hey, anyhow, Chris, thank you so much. I know that my audience got a ton of value from this, so I really appreciate you coming on here. That was a pleasure, man. It was really good to hang out. Awesome. Hey guys, you want to check out what Chris is up to? Head on over to chrisducker.com where you can you know consume his content, learn more about living that virtual lifestyle. Um, you can listen to his podcast, uh, and there you're gonna get a lot of value from that. Um, as usual, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you ton of, you got a ton of value. I know you got a ton of value, and if you're enjoying it, I appreciate it. If you can hop over to iTunes and leave an honest review, that helps with additional visibility for the podcast and and makes it so that people can find this message. And this is a good message: changing the world one blog at a time. And if you're trying to create content, inspire others, and change the world freebloggingvideos.com where you get to follow me as I show you how I've built my blogs into successful online businesses, how many others have done it, and how you can go about doing the same. So that's freebloggingvideos.com. This is Bessie Samuel. Until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, 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 three, five.